welcome to Canuck of the Dead. Uh, this episode is going to be very cool because uh, a buddy of mine got together with some friends and decided to make a film. And he is here today to talk about it. Daniel, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I've been waiting to chat with you about this. What made you just... Dis- okay, you know what? We're going to get everybody up to speed. Here is the trailer for Here for Blood. Let's do it. So here's what we know for sure. We're dealing with something supernatural. I don't want to say that it's vampires. I don't want to say that it's zombies. I don't want to say that it's demons. But they're definitely not human. And I have no idea how many of them there are. way we gotta arm ourselves so everybody grab a knife okay. you too kiddo no no tom she can't have a knife if one of those things comes at her i want her to be prepared mm. maybe just don't tell your parents God. <laughs> yeah definitely don't tell the parents <laughs> <laughs> this was so much fun where did this start for you because I know you've been busy doing other little projects, some even not related to film. How did yeah. this happen? Well, um, when the world got shut down in 2020, my my main group, my main job where I was doing trade shows for my artwork, that was done. You can't do, you can't see people live or anything, right? So, like, okay. Fortunately, my online shop was was holding me up, um, but I was like, you know what? with the world kind of at on a halt i didn't want to be at a halt i didn't want to like pause and i was like I, my main goal in life is to always be you know a producer a filmmaker and make some like make there something real though like a, a real deal film and i was like this is probably the one time where i'm not working on something else where i'm going to take the chance and make something so um i was looking for scripts i was looking for ideas i was even thinking of some writing up my own but i got a chance you know to reach out to an old friend of mine james roberts who wrote the script um, for this. And when I read it, um, it was like watching the film unfold and being like, I need to make this. Like, this is the movie that we can make to really show that what we can do. And it really tested us. And I'm really proud of the end result. No doubt. You you had worked with James once before. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, he- What's it called? Terry's car gets stolen. Terry's car gets stolen. Yeah, he's a he's a really great writer. Um, he's got such a such a way with uh, comedic dialogue and pacing, like his pacing of storytelling and excitement, and of course the creativity of just like what's going to be around the corner is is really refreshing. And uh, reaching out to him again, I knew that like whatever story he had in mind, he has a good technical sense on like what can you do on a on a moderate budget as well as making it still high concept and a lot of fun. And that's what this script was. And, and that's what this movie became. And see a lot of the effects in this, there's a lot of fun. Like we've had Carlos in the butcher shop on this show. Yeah. So people oh, are familiar with their work and you, it's like on massive display in this. Film. Yep. 
they're they're basically a star of the movie um and uh having a chance to work with them they they were so incredible to be on set to be with and i didn't like i would think i was asking them to do this level of quality and they would just come up and go higher with it like i like there were so many scenes in there that has their their signature work on it that just makes it even more explosive and added probably way more blood than i expected we we're gonna get so really fits the title we talked a little bit at the beginning the one that i just adored that they did was when poor tom gets stabbed in the foot yeah like i'm watching that going okay retractable blade and, and it i was hard pressed to figure out exactly how they did it because they pulled the knife right out of the foot you see the spurt you know that that was nicely shot like like all the other stuff that they did yeah they were, they were they, they're clever and it's it was so so cool because this was like a, a dream come true to be like you know what, what what can we do with our restrictions and like how can we make this as plausible believable and as fun as possible without you know going the vfx route and just kind of keep it in camera and the stabbing that foot was like i was so looking forward to that because it's a it's it's something that i we were really excited to actually be able to just film it and get that get that in camera obviously we couldn't stab our lead actor's foot sean they um, frown on that don't but they, they yeah <laughs> yeah they they're they have rights now so like you can't really like mess around with actors that way as um, the actress so uh, obviously they they do this thing they had a fake leg wearing like the same pants and the shoes uh and I, what was really cool is they added the so you have the fake foot in the foreground and then in the background is actually sean and he wanted to be there to for that effect which most times uh you kind of do the effects sometimes without the actors but he was very very much wanting to be a part of anything that involved him with the special effect to make sure that it was like he was uh you know really contributing creatively and so that's his leg in the background that kind of i think that's what sells it is that he's kneeling and after he pulls the knife out he moves his foot up and it just makes it look like it's the same you know person that's what it was i saw the knee and then when they're when the knife is in there you actually see the toes move just a little yeah yeah exactly they're they're really they're really um they really look for the details. Like I could tell that he's trying to make sure that it's not just like the foot's just not staying still. Cause like reality is like, even me, as I'm talking, my hands are moving, but like, <laughs> they got to give it like some life. And like Carlos was there, I think hand handling the, the foot and giving it like some life. And uh, Ryan or Josh was either someone with the, with the pressurized blood. And that's the thing too, is he just, we just went nuts and just kept wanting to put as much blood as possible. <laughs> but that's and a real knife. That's a real knife going into the uh, foot. Well, that's what I was looking at because I'm thinking, okay, retractable plastic, but no, that was a solid blade. I'm thinking there's nowhere for that to go. So something's up, but I couldn't figure it out, which is beautiful. With the blood bag and then just some extra pressure. Yep. Well, and this is the perfect playground for stuff like that too, because you have this indie wrestler who fills in babysitting for his girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. The one person on the planet you think would not be in a babysitting position. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he even, uh, you know, we even put that in the story going like, that's kind of weird, isn't it? And uh, I think it adds a, a nice charm and something different to look at. But he's also, you could tell with wrestling, you know, you have a knack for violence to a point that you even enjoy it. So like the sound, <laughs> like, actually to to quote James, uh, his original idea of the script was, he was, um he's such a creative guy. He's actually wrestled for professionally for several years. Um, and I think at one point he was babysitting some kids and uh he was imagining about like what if some some guys just came into this house what would i do and he just pictured like with all the different ways he would uh you know handle himself which inspired this and hence the script was born yeah 
the initial story for sure. He, he, if you get a chance to talk to him, he'll tell you even more farther about where it came from. But uh, when I got that script, we had so much fun to like get some creative juices going to make this happen. Perfect. And you guys dug out some massive talent for this too. Like anybody on in Canada is going to know Tara from mm-hmm. Corner Gas, right? What was it like working with her, getting her involved in this? So when we got Tara's like, uh, you know, offer for the role to, when we reached out to her, she was like, she got it right away. She was like, man, this is something different. I've been wanting to do something like this. That's been like, you know, uh, just ridiculous horror fun. That's really pays homage to the classics. And she just like, and this is the benefit, I guess, how good the script was written. Um, everyone that we casted just like knew instantly what level was it. We're not laughing at the story. We're laughing in the story. So like, they're definitely bring like Tara brought in, such an incredibly skilled comedic element to it, but on like almost like the striped man type of thing. Like she was so good, but she wasn't like ridiculous. Like it wasn't like scary movie. And that was what my worry was in the beginning that people were going to think that I was going to try to make, you know, a scary movie parody. But uh, I don't think it came out that way. I think the, the humor that the actors brought out was, was right in the story. Yeah, no, it felt more like a uh, a horror movie with comedic elements, yeah, as opposed yeah. to a, a scary movie comedy. Yeah, exactly. You're not laughing at it; you're laughing with the story. So that was, I, I'm glad that came through, and that yeah. the, the talent of the cast they they did that. Both, both her and uh, Gil, I can't remember his name, Michael. Uh, Michael, yeah, yeah. Oof. They he played was... off. Like, they had amazing chemistry for yeah. their roles. Yeah. And, and I'm so amazed by like, you know, they, they made each other so briefly. Uh, there was barely, I don't think any rehearsal for them, but they like, they're such pros that they're like, they're, they switch it on. They're so really? good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you would think, you would think that they would be like that. They've been doing this for a longer period of time, but that's just, that's just how good they are at their craft. Roughly. How long was the shoot? Uh, I, I, it was such a blur because we shot this mostly all at night. It was at 6 PM to 6 AM, almost like 30 days straight, I think. So yeah, there wasn't really days. It was just a length. Yeah. I'm trying to think September 5th to October 15th. And I remember that because October is my birthday, 15th. And that's when we ended it. So I don't know how many days that would be, but it's like over a month. So. And you shot every day? Basically every day. Yeah. I think we only had one day off. Dang. Yeah. the uh, We worked with union actors. So we had to work with their schedules and like really like. That itself was a magic trick being like, okay, we can only work with this person for so many days, bring in these people to make sure that we keep making the most of it. Um, but boy, the crew was so motivated and so creative. And even though it was um, it was a tough, grueling set to be on, I, I could not have done it without any of my crew members that were there because they were they were the backbone to how it was all made. So they they deserve so much credit. That's insane. That's that's a massive schedule, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's straight, right? It's not like it's not like um we could it was just would be impossible to just do be like, hey guys, let's meet up over the weekends. Like, no, we we needed committed people to like, you know, we need to shoot from this point to this point. You know, we're renting, you know, pretty expensive equipment. We're using a, a location, uh, a pretty unique location, but only for a limited time, right? So every every day, every minute, every second mattered. And Maya. How did you get a hold of her? Because I gotta admit, I, I'm watching it, I'm going, she looks so familiar. And then it dawned on me. She's from the boys. Yes, yeah, I know. Young Starlight. Starlight. Yeah, she was. She had already shot that scene with them before that came out. And uh, I th- actually found out she worked on a film with Carlos from Butcher Shop uh, earlier called Letters to Satan Claus. Really? 
yeah um but uh no our casting director she did a great job like getting us a whole bunch of kids and uh auditioning and we had to it was probably the <laughs> the toughest thing to go through because you have to say no to so many cute faces that are trying to get this role and you wow. bring it down and bring it down and then you're down to two and maya really just had that uh that drew barrymore uh feel from like et she was just so she felt real and super sweet and like and boy uh talk about working with a professional actor like i thought i would have to learn so much to 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 direct a child actor she was like she like i i almost she made my job look easy she was just so good that's awesome that's the one thing i wanted to ask too because um i know you did wendigo and uh, mm -hmm. you did uh, terry's car gets stolen like this you're still learning your craft right now mm -hmm. what was it like to take on this type of a challenge so early so originally when we took the script we had this mentality of like let's just let's just do it kind of similar to terry's car get a few friends see how much we can do it and then um we were just like you know what if we're going to really make this a real deal let's let's and no one's going to give us a professional opportunity because like uh, it's tough to get into the industry you have to do a lot of pay your dues and make your way up maybe spend like 10 to 15 years to even get to the level of directing producing of this quality of film so we decided we wanted to take that risk and treat ourselves like what would it actually be like you know in a, in the restrictive budget setting of like you know working with union actors getting uh key crew members getting real like we got a real deal special effects team we obviously got the butcher shop effects studio um some some hardcore uh equipment and then of course we hired a lot of enthusiastic incredible creative key key crew members um and just for myself you know just kind of uh getting thrusting myself in there i went in there with a lot of confidence a lot of optimism and i think every single day i probably learned a hundred new mistakes to <laughs> um and that's the beauty of it it's like it's all about problem solving and when you have the restrictions that you are with the low budget film um you got to try to make those 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 choices and the decisions uh efficiently and respectively on on set and uh boy this this movie really challenged me and uh brought me a lot of uh probably a lot of new knowledge on what to do for the next one but I, I think it was the right choice. I'm glad we we went for it and didn't decide to hold back. We tried to go as big as possible. What was one of the biggest surprises, challenge-wise, that you found as you started going? Whew. You know, I, everybody, everybody, uh, as the director, producer, and with my other co-producers, we we all brought in these different peoples, like you know, the special effects team, stunts team, crew members. We all talked to them individually. And it's one thing when we're like, okay, we get each other who we are. But when you bring them all in and they meet each other on the first day and they meet each other uh, in the next few days back to back and they start to become like a really big family very quickly, that's probably was like a, a huge eye opening. Like, oh, it's like not only am I making a movie, but I'm also introducing so many new people of different levels of skill and creativity that they have to like learn each other's rhythm like on the same day while we're trying to make a movie. So it's like, that was a big eye opener. Like maybe like in retrospect, it would have been interesting to actually have tried to maybe had people meet up or communicated earlier to reduce the amount of time of like, you know, I'm trying to make a movie, but at the same time, everyone's trying to figure out how do we work together? Okay. Yeah. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. More that was something and that's, that's just something that you don't even think of. And just, it's, it just happens. No, right. absolutely.
Now, was there anything going into this that you had hoped to film, like maybe something in the script that didn't get made or something you would hope? There is. Yeah, there was definitely we had to make some compromises due to time and restrictions. Originally, um, there was some more wire work involved. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and that just didn't it didn't work out and pan out. Wasn't the right uh, equipment. Some some stuff actually got a uh, got misplaced. Um, so and you have to work with you know you you can't you can't just we we fortunately didn't have the budget to be like you know let's circle back and just figure that out later. Like we're we're on the day of and got to be shooting the scene. So, uh, but most of it though, um, everything's in there from the original story. Um, everything kind of like uh, still lined up exactly what we wanted. Yeah, because wire work that only not only adds time on set, it adds time to post as well, <laughs> coloring out all the wires. Yeah, you know what though, um, that post has gotten a lot different now since maybe then. Like there, when we asked them to do wire work removal, they said like that's some of the uh, the easiest things to do for them. So as long as you get really? the proper plates and stuff, uh, they weren't they were. Yeah, I asked them to because there was a scene there that they forgot to remove wires. I was like, can you get that for me? And then within the same day, they were like, all right, here you go. I like, okay. <laughs> Wow. I guess repetition, you learn to do it fast. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's another thing, too, is we didn't hire. Um, we went to make sure to get professionals within the post-production field to really um, put their their seal of approval on everything. Right. So we didn't we did not hold back on making sure that just the end result looked as good as it can be. So some of the people that you got involved in this, like um, I know some of the other ones that were involved, like Ben Sorokas did your sound on set. Mm hmm. Right. There's a lot of local people to this area involved mm -hmm. in this film. Was was that by design or is that just luck because they happen to be the best? Um, I think that was definitely by design. I mean, we wanted to not just make a movie like in reality, like if we could have just, you know, maybe put some extra dollars and go find people that have done hundreds of Netflix movies or whatever in Toronto and then put them up here and everything. No, this we, we didn't want to do that route. We wanted to make sure that we played it smart on what people we definitely need like i think stunts wise they were definitely from toronto and they were so glad we brought them on board because they know what they were doing but we wanted to give an opportunity to, to so many locals here like including ben who is a who is incredible on set the best at the sound supervising i've ever done in my professional career with and uh, he was the right mentality um to just work with right so it was we wanted this movie to be an opportunity for a lot of up-and-coming filmmakers and i think that was uh it was a big motivator Perfect. And then you brought in the guy that's like the king of shock in London, uh, Jake. Jake <laughs> we've had, yep. We've had Jake on the show and he he thrives on B-grade horror. So yep. I imagine he contributed quite a bit to this. For sure. For sure. Uh, right from the beginning when we, you know, he's he's got so much um, uh, experience working with like uh, agents and, uh, and running a show and what it takes to do. Like he has, he just London Comic Con and Shockstock. So just that, you know, that mentality and brain work of like, what does it take to assemble and create uh, something as big as this? He had a, he contributed a lot of experience to that. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. With, uh, with your shooting, like you said, it was a solid at night. Like there wasn't much done during the day. How hard was that with Maya and like the child actors and things like that? Yeah. So boy. She it's cool that like watching the film that she looks like she's really throughout the film, but I'm pretty sure she had the least amount of shooting days out of, mo of uh, uh, in retrospect, like she didn't have that many. And that's just because we were also shooting in September, which I didn't include in that that's school time. 
Oh, so, yeah. So with union rules, you got to like you only have so many hours to work with uh, a child actor. Plus, certain days you have to have a tutor, which will eat up those hours. So those hours count as a working day. So that means your filming day hours are like coming down a lot. Um, but again, the script really that was the that was the big appeal of the script because the script almost knew that was the the case when you have a kid. So it wasn't like we were stressing out. Uh, that she was in so many scenes and she was really carefully placed in there and we were able to shoot a lot of scenes back to back um and yeah with her filming at night uh again she was still able to bring that high energy despite the fact that it's like oh man what three in the morning four in the morning <laughs> and like she's like way above past her bedtime and she's coming out like that night uh when we're outside doing that, one of the epic action scenes we filmed her stuff earlier in the night but uh so we could just focus on the action after and uh, she still she still knocked it out of the park that is awesome it's it's handy having it one location too like that house itself is cool set up like with the it has that old country attic which i love i would never live in a house that has one because of all the horror movies yeah yeah um, it has the perfect attic string you know well it's funny I, to say that that act the attic wasn't there what? We, we there that I'm so glad you thought the attic was there because we uh that house doesn't have an attic and that thing that's up on the wall is just like um a frame with like a fake string and if you look watch it again there's no sequence of them um actually walking up the stairs or stuff but actually we did some clever just some grip stands we made up a staircase so off camera one of our grips would like raise it up and down and the actors would pretend to handle it oh dang that yeah. was good yeah yeah, like yeah, that, yeah that's, that's the invisible yeah, effect that everyone else is focusing on all the blood and everything. And then that was like one of my all time favorites being like, we convinced people we have an attic. Yeah, because now that I'm thinking about it, you never actually physically watch them climb that ladder. No, no. There's like a we there's like a couple of parts there. They you do see the feet come down, but like they're if you could uh, once we show the behind the scenes of it, um, some of our actors are like crouched right up on the top, like crouched right into the ceiling. And then I'd be like action and they start to like descend their feet and you'd just be like a close up of their feet walking down the ladder. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. I'm sitting here gushing about the gushing and that attic is 100% pure. Yeah, so and then action. what's really crazy is like if you look at the house and how big it is on the outside, when he, they're actually in the attic, it's basically like a massive cathedral on the inside. I wondered about that. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty big. But like, you know, the, the mood and the tone is there. And it's still like, I don't think it takes anyone out of the story because it still looked good. And that's no. actually the top. So that location is an Airbnb rental, which thank you so much for letting us use your place and cover it in blood and we did our best <laughs> to clean up as much as possible but it had it's like a venue for mostly weddings so they have the the house there's like the horse horse ranch thing whatever to the side and there's like a barn that they converted into like um like a wedding reception or something right um and they cut the that barn in half with like this floor so that you can have like a bottom and a top half and we use the top half of that to be the attic okay yeah so because it has a massive chandelier in there and it's like all right this just makes our production value just look really cool you just brought a question to my mind then yeah how do you approach an airbnb and say yeah we're just gonna stay here for a month and get blood everywhere sure um that conversation go <laughs> we obviously we had to go negotiate outside of the airbnb we were using airbnb to find locations and then we contacted the owner privately 
and through some negotiations and scheduling. Because the crazy thing is, is we had to film right up to the wire and make sure everything was cleaned up because the next day they were going to have a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> like that's how like that's how crazy it was. And so we had to make sure like, it's like there was the pressure of like when the equipment had to go back, when the actors were done, what what shots do we need left? And there's a wedding tomorrow. And the place is like the red wedding, basically, with all the blood. Yeah, um, you don't want little pieces laying around going, oops, that's my ear, you know, we, stuff like we that. Were, yeah, exactly. We were fortunate, though, that this particular, uh, the particular owners, they had a, a, a kind of a passion towards film. Uh, they like they were actually one of them was constantly on a set, just kind of being helpful with everything and just like really, really amazed by what we were able to do. Uh, their son, even um, Emmett, uh, became like a an honorary volunteer grip and he was really fantastic great work ethic and stuff so that that kind of just all everything kind of like aligned so they, they were fantastic so let me guess one of the stipulations was they get a copy of the film so they can watch their house in the movie. oh yeah yeah that yeah. was for sure and like i'm i'm hoping that they can we can send them some photos and stuff to put in the walls and go like hey this is where you know so many of the bodies were you know laying on the ground and stuff so were they piled them up over here yep. i i from what i heard through the grapevine is that they have a couple of guests come by and they've been saying like oh we've had a you know pretty cool movie shot here so good for them that is awesome that's yeah. perfect marketing for them now yes. yeah yeah i mean like i hope it becomes like the you know the hotel uh in colorado or something so people like might come by and check out that place here for blood in yeah here for blood in. <laughs> come back for blood yeah well, right now, where can people check out this film? Because I know so, you're still doing festival stuff. Yes. Yeah. And that's a, that leads us to we're um, completely on our own with this film, right? We made this with really with no government support, no studio support. Like we did this like just by ourselves. And um, that gave us so much opportunity to like, you know, what can we do creatively? What's the idea where we want the movie to go? So right now it's just the festival circuit. Um, and we're getting offers and invites to several of them. I hope to make some announcements soon. Um, but uh, I, as soon as uh, as soon as the deals go through with the distributors, we have lined up. Um, we'll probably make the announcements where it goes. But as of right now, it's just uh, it's kind of where. So if you get a chance to see it where it ends up, come come check it out live at the theater because it's definitely a theater movie. Oh, big time! Big time! Yeah, yeah. All right, well, stick around because I'm going to ask Daniel about his star, Sean Roberts, and about uh, Dee Snyder's cameo and how that all came around. So perfect. Stick around. <laughs> 